Good day and welcome. I'm Reverend Bonnie Gatchel, and you're listening to Complex and Beautiful Bodies, a podcast where we journey together to unlearn the lies told against our bodies and instead to embrace our bodies for the complex and beauty that they are, created by a creator. The year is 1998. The outfit, army green pants, baggy, and barely hanging on my little, well, at the time, hips. A white half shirt with a red heart that took up nearly the entire shirt. I mean, it was quite a small shirt. I loved this outfit, and I was certain that this outfit was the one to make my social debut. I was a freshman at a small Bible college in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and boy, was I wrong. I exited my dorm with excitement and anticipation and pride for this new outfit. And instead of being, instead of salutations of community, and acceptance, I was greeted with shame and scoffing. One girl even asked me if I wanted to look through her wardrobe to see if there were any shirts I could borrow or have. The boys in the group looked away, and the girls whispered and scoffed as they made ugly glances in my direction. My excitement and anticipation dissolved into shame right there on that lobby floor. Now, this response to my clothing, nor any other female raised in the conservative Christian homes or community in the 1990s, was not new. I just had the false idea that if I moved away from my conservative community, that if I went to college in the big city of Grand Rapids, Michigan, that I would be treated differently. But I was not. And I think if you're listening today and you were raised in a similar community or culture, male or female, that you relate to what I'm saying, there is this unnecessary weight of shame put on our bodies. This idea from the church that there is something shameful about our genitals just for being genitals, that there is something shameful about our flesh, and in fact, often taught within the conservative Christian world, is the idea that flesh and sin can be used synonymously. I am an ordained minister with the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, and I love the local church. So my intent here is not to shame the church for being the church, right? Is not to renounce Christianity by any stretch. I love Jesus and believe him to be the author of my life. But I do want to call out the mess because I believe in order for us to get better, you have to first look at the mess. You have to be honest at where you've come from, and look with hope at what 
you hope to get to next. So before, I have some ideas around where some of these lies come from. This idea that there's something sinful just about our flesh itself. Before we get to the lies, though, before we get to the myths, I would love to look at the truth. And for that, I go to Scripture, John 1. Now, the Gospel of John was written by a disciple of Jesus's, and he actually refers to himself as the beloved disciple, which I love because (laughs) he's not bashful at all about his affection for Jesus, nor what he believes Jesus's affection for him to be, the beloved disciple. Uh, The Gospel of John is the fourth gospel in the New Testament, Um, and it starts like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Light shines in the darkness, and it cannot be overcome. And then if we skip ahead to verse 14, we see that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen the glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So very clearly here, the author of John of the Gospel of John is drawing the reader, the listener, to several things very quickly. First, he's drawing the reader back to Genesis, back to the creation at the beginning of the world, the beginning of time, as we know it as humans, which we'll talk about in a second. And he's also drawing our attention to God's redemptive plan. And here is where I want to take a minute. God's redemptive plan for all of creation. God's redemptive plan to restore our depraved and broken world was to come in flesh. In flesh. The word flesh here in the Greek is the word used for flesh throughout the whole New Testament. It is the word meaning body, DNA. Jesus came in a human body. Jesus came in flesh. The same Jesus who was in the beginning creating the world came in flesh with blood that pumped to his heart, with a brain that got tired with a body that needed rest and needed food. All those things were true of Jesus. All those things are true of Jesus. A different text in Philippians tells it this way, that he emptied himself, taking on a flesh, taking on human flesh, Emptied himself is a whole nother discussion in what that means. But what I believe scripture teaches is that God came in flesh as Jesus and that he was fully God and fully human. It is a complex and beautiful plan that Jesus 
was born of a woman. Jesus came as an infant, being born from a woman, being needing her breast to find life in those first in that first couple of years. Back then, they would have breastfed for a long time. He needed Mary's breast to survive. And he needed Mary and Joseph's wisdom as humans to grow in stature, to grow in understanding. And he needed to stretch his muscles. And there's a later story in John where he sits down to rest and he sends the disciples on to get him food because he's hungry. And so I would argue that if Jesus, being the very nature of God, came in flesh, then flesh in itself cannot be evil, cannot be synonymous with the word sin, that these human bodies are not just containers holding our souls until our souls go to heaven, but that we were created by a creator. And so let's go there. Let's go to Genesis chapter one, as John already points us there. And so I think it makes sense to go to the beginning. And if we look at Genesis chapter one, we have God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without void and darkness and over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, let there be a sun to rule the day and a moon to rule the night. And it was so. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation plants and yielding seed and fruit trees. And it did so. And God said, let us create livestock. And livestock was created and livestock after its own kind and fish of the sea after its own kind and so on and so forth. And this is the pattern that we see for the first 25 verses of chapter one. And then in chapter six, God breaks the mold and he says, let us make humans in our own image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. For 25 verses, God has created livestock after livestock kind, fish after fish kind, vegetation after vegetation kind. But here... God creates humans after his likeness, after his image. And the word human here, as found in verse 26, is the word Adam, the Hebrew word Adam. And if we were to transliterate the Hebrew word Adam, it would be A-D-O-M. And here in verse 26, it's in the plural, plural Adam. And then we go on to say, and God created Adam in his own image 
and in the image of God, he created Adam, male and female, he created them. So in chapter one, we have God creating Adam in his own image, and he creates the male and female at the same time. There is this equality in male and female Adam. In fact, what we see in verse 26 is that God gives Adam, male and female, dominion over the earth, but not dominion over one another. Adam meet Adam. Yes, in chapter two, we have the story of female Adam, because Eve's not called Eve until after the fall. So female Adam being taken out of male Adam's rib while he sleeps. That's what the Hebrew says. So there is from that the idea of a created order, which we might talk about later, but not this morning. But we can't deny what chapter one says, because chapter one is scripture two, and all scripture is God breathed. And so what chapter one tells us is that male and female, he created them in his image. Immediately, these bodies, these created bodies, this is before the fall, are there and breathing and reflecting a creator. And then he goes on to say, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. The text here in verse 28, be fruitful and multiply, is Adam have sex with Adam. Female Adam, open yourself and allow male Adam to come in so that you can make more image bearers. This gift of sex is given and created by God. It's created by God and given to humans as a way to make more image bearers. At this time, in this present context, this doesn't take into account further in human history, the need for adoption and so on and so forth. But here, God is relying on human flesh to come together in such an intimate way to reproduce more image bearers and also for pleasure, not simply to reproduce. So what we learned here is sex is not a dirty word, that genitals are not sinful, that God in fact created us in such a way to reflect both his complexity and his beauty. It is my hope over the next year that we can keep digging like this, that we can keep reflecting on moments of shame and speak to those moments with truth. And to help us do that, we're going to enter in next week to our first series called Incredible Women. And Incredible Women, my staff, Whistling Augustine, And I have interviewed six survivors of trafficking, six women who have survived being trafficked 
and sold and raped for profit here in the United States. And women with incredible stories who are incredibly brave. And I think in hearing and holding their stories, we'll be able to hear parts of our own, of our own humanity, of our own complexity, and of our own beauty. So please join us next week for Incredible Women, a six-week series of stories being told, of interviews happening between myself and survivors of trafficking. Thank you for joining us for Complex and Beautiful Bodies, a podcast of Route One Media. To find out more of the work that we're doing or how to get involved, you can find Route One Ministry on Facebook or on our website, lovedbyroute1.org. I'm Reverend Bonnie Gatchel, sending you off with tons of hope and blessing. Thanks. Bye.